The dragon has a Christmas hat. <coughs> Should. Right. You like to count us down? In five, four, three, two. What? Oh. Think of a song more fitting for Black Christmas. I see what you did. Yeah, it took a minute, but you got it. F E L L A T I O two zero eight eight zero. I tried. I tried to fit the fellatio phone number in where the phone number is in the song. It's a new exchange, F E. second verse <clears throat> welcome to episode 46 where we're at mm-hmm. we're, going, we're, we're gonna go with it 46 santa mirror after dark jeremy i'm steven and uh what are we talking about today the 1974 and arguably my favorite horror movie of all time Black Christmas <laughs> I watched the wrong movie I watched the, the 2019 version mm-hmm. nope it says <laughs> no one ever <laughs> imagine I'm surprised that hasn't happened where I mean I'm, I'm sure if Sean was still on the podcast it would have happened we, <laughs> we yeah. watched the wrong movie Everybody watches a different version. Yeah, the uh, we should do that. We we should should pick a movie where there's like multiple remakes, mm-hmm. and each watch a different version of it. It's like, well, in my version, this happened. <laughs> <laughs> but with Black Christmas, it would be very difficult because all three of them are super different. Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting because uh, Bob Bob Clark, the director of uh, Black Christmas, has um actually has two Christmas classics on his resume, mm-hmm. which, which is very rare. Um, what was the other? Was it a Christmas Story? Yeah, which I actually uh made a um 
I, I kind of mixed it up with uh, Christmas Carol earlier this month, but oh yeah, I remember. <laughs> neither here nor you're, there. You're the second one that did that. Because I remember telling you there's like 90 versions of a Christmas story, and I remember you being really confused by that. But um, yeah. So, uh, what what are your <laughs> thoughts on uh, Black Christmas? And you you've already said it's arguably your well, it's like a very, very, very close tie between that and Halloween. It probably depends on the season. Yeah. But, um, it's brilliant. It's spooky. <laughs> I feel like we're... It's one, of the, it's one of those movies where I really don't get scared with horror movies anymore, but with this one... I still feel uneasy sometimes when I watch it. Some of those phone calls are very disturbing. Yeah. Um, so I feel like we're kind of late to the um, late to the station, if you will, um, because there's 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 obviously a lot of uh, similarities between this and Halloween. Mm-hmm. Even even up to like climax of the movie, pretty much where she's going around the house and finding dead bodies, and the killer eventually ends up appearing. And John, yeah, I, I, I've I've I'm pretty sure John Carpenter has said that um, Halloween is pretty much inspired by Black Christmas. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like we're late in making that comparison because. Especially over the past ten years, for some reason this movie has gotten like huge. It seems. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of on the same the same page as you, where I think it's um, probably in my top five horror films ever. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do. Um, a list on Letterbox, but I can't remember where I put it, but top of my head it has a really good cast too mm-hmm. um oh i like halloween more than the shining and it'd, it'd be difficult to put another movie of it mm-hmm. maybe you could probably put psycho up there um i don't know there, there's probably a few that i'm not thinking of but it's definitely up there among my favorite horror films of all time for some reason, I, 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 I always, I can never remember it for some reason. <laughs> like every year I watch it and I've watched it like the past three Christmases in a row. Mm-hmm. Like I always get it confused with the 2006 remake because that movie, which was a previous episode you can uh, check, check out on, on, on the feed. <laughs> um, they spend the entire time in the uh, house, pretty much, because they're snowed in. Yeah. Always forget in this movie, there's like, they're at the, the university, at the police station. At the park. Yeah. There's multiple settings, and it takes place over two days instead of one single night. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I was actually... I, 
when I watched it last night, I totally forgot that even switches days as thought that the girl just went missing. And then they were like trying to figure out like she leave to go with her boyfriend or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it like kind of it actually switches mess. days. And they, um, they launch a search party the very next day. Mm-hmm. Which never happens. I think but, they only um, did that because there was a murder mm-hmm. and other missing people. Yeah. <clears throat> and I do but like I, I like how they did, th- did that so it takes place in more than one day because yeah. it kind of feels dumb in the remake when they're looking for Claire in the house and we're like you've been in every room and she hasn't yeah. come out and if she yeah. was here she would have come out like when the power went out or if she heard her sister talking or something mm-hmm and they're like, we're not leaving until we're all here. And she's still alive <laughs> until I see otherwise. <laughs> and she's dead in the attic, and they check there at last. Yeah. Um, now, how, how do you feel about, like, this movie never spawning, like, any sequels or anything? Because uh, especially, especially nowadays with... Uh, horror franchises doing sequels to the original movies like Halloween did, they could very easily be like, we're doing a a sequel to Black Christmas. I'd watch it, but I feel like it'd be hard to do. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think if you did a sequel to that, it would probably have to take place during the same time or like maybe a year later. Instead of like all these years later, it would be difficult to do a uh, sequel like this style because no one uses home phones anymore. Yeah. And... Well, they could actually they tried they did it with the cell phones in the remake. Hmm. <clears throat> I just feel like that doesn't work anymore because most of the time when people see a number that they don't know, caller ID. Or if it says like private or caller ID, like we just don't answer the phone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't answer the phone for people I know. A lot of the time, I'm just like, it's like yeah, <laughs> this 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 person can text me. Yeah. Um, well, apparently they don't know how to remake it either. I mean, I like the 2006 one. Yeah, it has a lot more flaws, but I still like it. That that movie. I was even watching. I was even watching behind the scenes of that of that movie, and they they even said that they were in they were more so inspired by the story of Black Christmas, and they mm-hmm. were than they were to make a remake of it. Yeah, it's it, it's difficult to. I didn't like the inclusion of Agnes. <laughs> yeah, and it it like you can't even do the twist anymore of like the calls are coming from inside the house because that's just for, first off it's very possible now because like I could call somebody in my house from my cell phone yeah. so it's not like it's not like it's a big surprise well I guess it was more so of a twist to them because we knew from the beginning yeah because it opens up with him climbing in mm-hmm. um another thing I like is that they don't actually say that 
uh, this killer, um, if that's what you want to call him. Um, they don't say that he's been like, abducting and raping and killing people throughout town. Mm-hmm. They mention other crimes that have happened. Yeah, and it might or might not have been him. Yeah, and I, I like... I like the aspect of not knowing. It's like, <clears throat> wow, I wonder if this guy did all those crimes. And it's like, <laughs> if you if you do a sequel, it could easily just be like, um, you know, Billy, whatever his name is. Um, all people in a sorority house killed a 13-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. Was abducted for the, the rape that they mentioned. Blah blah blah. It it takes away a lot of uh, a lot of the mystery of what's going on because like you, you don't yeah. really know what, what this guy is capable of, but you can like kind of question like whether he's capable of committing even more crimes than what he's actually done. Mm-hmm. I also like how there is like a whole different story within his phone calls. Mm-hmm. I mean, they yeah. kind of made their own story in the remake based off of it, but I liked how you don't really know what happened. We're assuming that he had a sister named Agnes. Yeah. And, and his parents were abusive to him and or her. And he's like, he's talking as his parents, and then he's talking as sister. And the voices like somehow overlap. The, yeah, they like. Oh, I think yeah, they overlap a couple of times. So it's like, is this one person or is it two? And then in in the remake, they obviously did make it two. I like the idea of it being a single person. Mm-hmm. It, it's. It's creepy enough to to like to wonder if like is this one person capable of doing these two voices on top of each other, or is there someone helping him? Mm-hmm. But, um, and they like squash yeah. every possible theory of somebody helping him because you know how you would think, oh, Peter is involved, or he maybe he's the one doing it. Mm-hmm. But then there was dialogue. It actually happens twice in the movie, where people are upstairs sleeping, and they they're yeah. woken up by him when he's making the phone call in the next room over. Yeah, and so like, um, what is all that yelling? Yeah, because like later on, uh, John Saxon's character, um. He he questions what if it's Peter or not because Peter's obviously yeah. because Peter is very creepy. And there's yeah. a scene a scene where it's he the gets haircut. <laughs> yeah. And then there's a scene where he gets like kind of hostile toward uh, um, Jess, the main the main girl. Jess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jess, and they um. They. If they play it off that uh, it could be him, then Jess remembers that Peter was in the room for 
the uh, the opening phone call, so it couldn't have been Peter. Yeah. And um, we'll get there yeah. when, when we when we get toward the end of the movie, but um, and we've actually kind of went through the whole movie anyway, but <laughs> Oops. Um, but um, I I like how. The end of the movie, Jess's character is uh, drugged and put to sleep, mm-hmm. and we hear like the climax through on uh, Saxon, who is just kind of assuming what happened. Yeah, I mean, as far as they show, Peter could have been helping Billy, which is another theory that. I don't know how much weight it holds, but yeah, just, just because they don't show what happens, they just show that uh, Jess ended up killing Peter at the end. Mm-hmm. Peter could have very well attacked her. Or It looked like he was going to, and why would you break in in the basement window? Yeah. <laughs> of all places. It's like he knew that she was in the basement. So, and that is an interesting theory that maybe... Peter is Billy's sidekick. I don't like. Mm-hmm. I don't, I would have to watch the movie thinking that, and kind of pick yeah. it apart to pick it apart to like. Oh, there's no way because Peter was here during this or whatever. Yeah, it is kind of strange how he didn't kill him when he was asleep. Yeah, but then he also didn't kill um, Phil when she was asleep either. But I think I he. It's uh. Yeah, I feel like I have to rewatch it with that theory in mind. But um, that's an interesting theory. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we can go through the plot real quick. I did find my list on Letterboxd of um favorite horror movies. I have it at number five. So I have Halloween, The Shining. Zombies Halloween 2, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, then Black Christmas. So I have it at number 5 all time. See, I don't know what my all-time top 5 would be. I know it would include Halloween, Black Christmas, and Nightmare on Elm Street. That's kind of just a rough order. They could easily just... Interchangeable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we could start on through this plot. Um, so where do we start? Um, the whole movie feels cold. (laughs) Yeah. I, um, I, I, I did the same thing I did with the green Knight, and I, um, tried to match the mood when I watched it. Mm hmm. Because uh, I have one of those uh, TV stands with like a tin fireplace slash heater underneath. Yeah. And I um, I turned that off because I have like wood floors and the living room gets like freezing cold in the winter. Mm-hmm. I turned that off and I just made the living room cold as possible. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I agree with you that this movie is uh, very... Uh, I, I it, it it it's cold. I would say. 
Yeah, I sat by the window and I watched it with the lights off, except for the Christmas tree. <laughs> um, I didn't turn the Christmas light, or I didn't turn the lights on the tree. Oh my god, I can't even talk. I didn't turn on the lights from the Christmas tree. I did that <laughs> when I watched the the remake last week. Mm. Um, I would like to revisit the remake on a future episode. Maybe we could do a commentary or something. Yeah. Because I noticed it a lot more this time than I did when I watched it last year for podcasts. But it's, uh, I, just, I just hate the ending so much. It shot so so bizarrely and like i want to know who whose idea i mean i'm assuming it was, it was the director but i don't know why he decided to shoot the movie the way he did it felt a bit chaotic <laughs> it's, it's like the only word i can think of to describe it would, would be like frantic mm-hmm. and it, it's like there's a lot of close-up shots for some reason like I, I can't even really explain the way <laughs> there was i think i made a comment when we did it last year but there was a scene where she said i'd like to bury the hatchet with my sister camera zoom right in her head <laughs> yeah <laughs> i remember that and they did like they did the slow motion zoom a few times and stuff yeah there's a lot of like close-ups and zooming on people's face and <laughs> It's just strange. But, um, yeah, that movie's very fast, though. Yeah, I don't know if that's, that, if that's why it feels frantic, just because everything is moving real quick. Because I'm I like... Wouldn't, I wouldn't have minded an extra 20 minutes or 15 minutes or so if they would have fixed the ending. Because unlike this movie, like the remake has a high body count. Yeah, and, and there's uh, a lot of backstory. Mm -hmm. I think it's. I think it's like it's at least ten minutes shorter than this. Yeah, basically you see everything in that movie, and then in this one you see like almost nothing, and it's all left up to your own interpretation. Mm -hmm. Oh, I just looked it up. It, it's only three minutes shorter than this movie. Yeah, there's a lot of um and then the 2019 one nothing happens <laughs> i only saw that movie once in theaters and i like, vaguely remember what happened I, I mean i know if i watch the trailer i'm gonna know exactly mm -hmm. what happens but... like, i remember we were sitting there and then like 45 or 50 minutes have passed and stuff just started to happen yeah. It's just like arguments and stuff and they're trying to develop these characters but the characters are all awful. I remember the day the trailer came out for that movie because I was real <laughs> excited. Cause mm -hmm, me too. I think in June that year they just released a poster and like it was like a, I think it was a candy cane or something. Yeah or like ice or something. Yeah or something like that. I was like, oh, they're remaking Black Christmas, and it, it's it's Blumhouse, and they just did Halloween last year, so. <laughs> I was expecting something similar to the original. 
I was like, yeah, they're starting to do this trend where they're reviving uh, classic horror films in a good way, and then a trailer came out, and it's like, why is there a cult, and where is Billy? Are you even showing me the cult? Because in the trailer, they played it up like it was the big plot twist. Mm-hmm. It's like, why are you showing your plot twist in the trailer? <laughs> Blumhouse is good for that, though, with uh, kind of spoiling the entire movie in their trailers. I don't trust Blumhouse a lot of times. <laughs> no, I don't either. Uh-oh. Craig's still here, though, so we're good. <laughs> yeah, I don't trust... Uh, I don't trust Blumhouse either. They reveal way too much in their their trailers. Yeah. Um. So we could start going through this uh, this movie. Oh uh, yeah. We said we would do five minutes ago. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, start with a, a POV shot. Twas the of, night before Christmas. Well, one of the. That was one of the questions I had. Like, what day does this movie take place? It's like right the day before holiday break starts in 1974. <laughs> so, <laughs> are, are we talking like maybe December 20th? Yeah, let's say like 20th or tw- 20th to the 22nd. Maybe the 21st, because the 21st is like supposed to be the darkest day of the year. Ooh, yeah. Hmm. Poetry. Um, I'm gonna go on a tangent right away. <laughs> so, <laughs> the, the tagline for this movie are you aware of it? Mm-hmm. This picture doesn't make your skin crawl, it's on too tight. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It's like, are you supposed to just loosen your, your skin? Is that the idea? <laughs> Cause I, yeah, I don't know. What happens if you have loose skin? Does an all skin fit on people the same way? <laughs> yeah. I instantly think of the Suspiria trailer. Oh, yeah. With the um, old um, taglines and stuff. Yeah. The only thing scarier than the <laughs> final 10 minutes is the first 90 or something like that. Yeah. It makes for a very anticlimactic ending. <laughs> yeah. Black Christmas 2006. Uh, this holiday season, Sleigh Ride begins. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so we open with a, a POV shot of a, of a killer. Well, we don't know he's a killer. Of of somebody who uh, we later come to find out is Billy. Uh, I think Claire is entering the house at this point. Is that who mm-hmm. is arriving? Um, yeah, so <clears throat> this unknown person, we see them climbing like the lattice inside on the outside of the house yeah and uh these people apparently have left their uh their attic window unlocked 
and Billy has easy access. Mm-hmm. And are we to assume that he has been here before? Um, I didn't at first. I guess I guess you can assume that he's been here. He knows the phone number, and he has easy access. He can get in right away. Yeah. And he knows. He he seems to know his way around the house. I kind of go with the idea that he lived there as a kid, even though that's only in the new one. Yeah. I mean, Clark has said that the remake uh, storyline is actually very faithful to what he had in mind. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> We're at this sorority gift exchange. By the way, real quick, the, the tagline for My Bloody Valentine 1981 There's more than one way to lose your heart. Mm. There sure is. I there love that movie too. <laughs> right. Uh for for Valentine's Day this year, I want to do the movie Valentine. I think. Get there, okay. really get there. <laughs> so anyway, Black Christmas. Um, are you saying there's a gift exchange? Yeah, good times all around. Except someone is not having a good time. Uh, Barb. Well, Barb is not having a good time. We know that. And uh, Mrs. Mac is not having a good time because she gets gifts that she's not too fond of. And she she had just finished. She was shopping <laughs> before this gift exchange. Mm-hmm. So she was already stressed. But yeah, I guess Barb's, I don't know if her mom canceled on her plans because she mentioned something about inviting Jess and Phil on a, on a trip with her, a ski trip or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, so... Her mom mentions that she's going somewhere with her new boyfriend or something like that. I think at least that's what I'm assuming. And um, fun facts, real quick: Barb and Phil are. Barb was in Halloween Two, and Phil was in Black Christmas remake. Oh, okay. I I knew one of these girls was in the remake, but I did I did not look it up. She played the house mother. Yeah, okay. And I knew one of them was in it, but I... Yeah. So I thought that was cool. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I I didn't know that uh, Barb was in Halloween 2 either. And she played Lori's therapist. Oh, I did know that. Margot Kidder. Yeah, I knew that. Mm -hmm. Um, Here's another fun fact that I don't... Nothing to do. With, <laughs> nothing to do with Black Christmas, <laughs> but everything to do with uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween Two. Um, <laughs> the uh, the the one nurse in the hospital, mm-hmm. not not uh, what's her name, Octavia Spencer, the other one, not Ma, <laughs> yeah, not yeah, not Ma. Do you know what I'm talking about? Not the dog. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah, the lady. Her. She is actually Stretch from uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. Mm. I didn't know that either. All right, Black Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Miss Mrs. Mac has arrived. Yes, 
Um, her, her, and her split personalities because she's so nice to everyone's face. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So is is this where the first call takes place? Isn't it really quick? Yeah, it happens during the um during that scene. I wonder if it happens before Miss Smack arrives. I think it does. Um. Yeah. So so these these this calls. Is probably, this is probably the most vulgar one. I think right so. away. <laughs> I think th- I think th- this is the dirtiest, but I think they get more threatening as it goes on. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm we're not gonna do it just very much justice by, um, kind of uh, talking about the phone calls. You um, could do um. Billy and the mom's voice, and I'll do the dad and Agnes. Um, no. <laughs> no, no one, no one wants to hear us re- reenact this phone. If, if you really want to see them, the movie is free on YouTube, and uh, there's it's also, a, also a, six, a six minute video on YouTube of all the phone calls. Um, good stuff. So. A, they already have a name for for this guy. They call him the Moaner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so apparently he's called before. Yeah, so we we do know that he calls before, and that's why I'm thinking he had access. Yeah, and Barb uh, plays a, a a similar character to Annie in Halloween, where she just kind of provokes killer, like kind of just eggs him on. She's quite funny. <laughs> yeah. It reminded me of when Michael Myers is driving around town and Annie yells speed kills to him. Yeah. She's kind of just provoking him and doesn't realize that all the danger that she's in. Yeah. Uh, and this is but where the... The only, the only thing he ever said that was like coherent in the whole movie was, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Everything else was just kind of like nonsense. Yeah, I I wish uh, you have the Blu-ray, so you might have access to this. But watch it on Peacock, and they did not have subtitles for it. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm curious if on the Blu-ray or something, um, they have subtitles to kind of cipher what the calls say. But um, I think a lot of it was like improv. Probably. Um. Yeah, so uh, after they um, after they get this uh, call, they talk about how there was a rape, and uh, I think a, a town girl got raped. I think is what they say. Yeah. And Margot Kidder claims that uh, you can't rape a townie. Yeah. So, um. So we follow uh, Claire, who goes upstairs. Because she's she's offended, yeah, and she did not want to provoke him. Yeah, I think she's <laughs> she she's the most uncomfortable. Um, yeah, I think um, she plays like what Mary Elizabeth Winstead's character is in the remake, where he immediately wants like all the cops and have nothing to do with this, and yeah, and but assume that Claire is uh, being smart by kind of uh, backing away from the killer or the phone calls or whatever. 
But unfortunately, she walked right in his path. <laughs> yeah. Um, in her room, we meet uh, the house cat named Claude. And um, <laughs> comes, uh, becomes Billy's pet. Mm-hmm. So, so she, so so Claire re- reaches in her closet. There's like a plastic sheet or something in there. It's like something over the um, clothes. I'm assuming yeah. to keep it from wrinkling. Mm-hmm. But we get <laughs> a uh, we get a, a POV shot of. Uh, Somebody watching her from the closet. Um, so I think Claire thinks that Claude is in the in the closet. That's a tongue twister. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so she goes up to the closet, and then uh, Billy ends up wrapping the plastic bag around her, and um, get some shots around the hallway, and I think Billy drags her up the. Upstairs into the attic? Is that what happens? Yeah. Yeah, he like carries her, but um that's kinda difficult to do because of the ladder. Yeah. Instead of it being stairs. Yeah, and I'm I'm kind of curious we'll get there, but but Claire goes missing and like no one bothers to check the attic. You obviously know it's there because it's in the hallway. Mm-hmm. Even the police just don't even like notice or don't even think to look up there. I guess it's just storage. Yeah, but they don't even bother to to like you got to check the entire house. So, <laughs> so downstairs the girls obviously don't know uh, that Claire was murdered upstairs. Oh yeah, because they were screaming about. Mrs. Max present. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> this is where she arrives at the house, actually. So, oh, I, I couldn't really tell, but what was the gift that they gave her? It was like some sort of ugly blouse. <laughs> yeah. That's what I thought it was a shirt, but I couldn't really, <laughs> couldn't really tell. She kind of pretends to like it, but she's like, obviously doesn't like it. And she, I guess she keeps a bottle of, uh, a bottle of booze in a book on the shelf. Various places in the house. <laughs> yeah, not only in the book, but we, we later learn that she keeps one inside the toilet. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and she's brushing her teeth and then she uses the booze to like, <laughs> her mouth out. Yeah. Um, the original what that, Kesha. What was that quote that she says about the it was on a shirt? I think she says it when she's looking in the mirror. Oh um, yeah, later on when Claire's dad came. Oh, she says these broads would hump the Leaning Tower of Pisa if they could get up there. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody actually put that on a shirt. So, um, we get a scene of Jess knocking on Claire's door. Obviously, she doesn't answer. Then we see Claire's dead body, and this is the picture that's on the poster of like girl mm-hmm. with 
the plastic around her face. Um, and killers like singing at this point. So not only does this person kill people, but they also boy with people that they've killed. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think this is the part where we cut to the next day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Claire's dad was waiting for her to show up, but obviously she didn't. Yeah. Um, he just rudely gets hit by a snowball. <laughs> <laughs> we find out that uh, it was uh, it was Peter who was uh, Jess's boyfriend. Um, but that guy. It, it's such like a strange coincidence that he happens to know Claire because. I think he asks, he's like, he's like, hey, I know you hit me with a snowball, but I need your help. Like, I'm here to pick up my daughter, and she she lives at a sorority house or whatever, and Peter ends up pointing him to the house. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I mean, throughout the movie, we're, we kind of follow Claire's dad on and off, uh, yeah. figure, figure out where his daughter's at. Um, goes to the house and sh- and he's like offended by the amount of like sexual, the hippie- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sexual hippie posters that she has on the wall, and um, Mrs. Mac is even showing him around the house, <laughs> and she's like covering up just one specific poster, even though there's <laughs> there's many of them. And yeah, she's, she's like, yeah, I can't let him see this one. <clears throat> Um, we also get some other funny scenes where um, I think it's Phil's boyfriend is dressed as Santa yeah he's like swearing in front of kids <laughs> so this is actually the second movie this month that we've covered where there's a uh, vulgar Santa Claus mm-hmm. if you go listen to our uh, episode on Shazam Catch that reference. I think I've um, seen multiple because I watched um, Christmas Horror Story again. But yeah, I watched Christmas Evil this year, so <laughs> a lot of vulgar Santas going around. Mm-hmm. So, um, so where are we at now? This is the part where Mrs. Mac ends up saying that line that I just said yeah. Ago. So, <laughs> there, in, in this scene, um, like I've seen this movie multiple times before this, but for some reason yesterday it made me jump because she's she's standing in the mirror in the shot, and then she walks away. There's a frame where she was standing. Mm-hmm. It reveals a, like a face on the frame, and for some reason I jumped because I thought it was something alarming <laughs> that was not um yeah so i mean it's like, this movie is kind of hard to go through the plot because it's like the first hour or so there's like like a lot happening but a lot of nothing at the same time yeah it's almost like but in a good way yeah Almost like the first like hour of Halloween, where it just takes a while to 
get to where we want to be. Yeah. But it, it's not like... Like I was bored the entire time or anything. Mm-hmm. Still, like... You said in in a good way. It's just a lot of like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna Mrs. follow. That's it. That's because Mrs. Max funny. All the characters are interesting. Yeah, it's like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna follow Claire's dad and figure out like what he's doing to help find his daughter. And yeah, oh, Mrs. Mac is helping him. Kind of. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, uh, Claire's dad offers to drop Mrs. Mac off at the store or whatever, and uh-huh. um, I don't remember if she actually goes with him or not. Yeah, I like how she put her lipstick halfway on, and she got so distracted by the cat. She's like casting the cat out, and then accidentally saw that right in front of him. <laughs> Yeah, I remember that. Um, <laughs> and a- another plot that we forgot to mention, uh, where Jess reveals to her boyfriend, uh, Peter, that she is pregnant. Yep. And... She does I mean, not want it. Yeah, I'm assuming she's only like 20 years old or something. And... I would say mid-20s or early 20s. Only because Peter's yeah. been in school for eight years. Oh, okay. I didn't catch that. But he was complaining. Um, so I'm assuming yes. they're all in their, like, 20, 22, 23-ish, maybe. 21. I don't know what Peter's doing in school for so long, because all he wants to do is, like, <laughs> be a musician. So what, why, like, what are you doing in school for eight years? Well, we saw he failed his piano. Recital. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever that was. Yeah, like, I'm not even sure what he's auditioning for. Is it... Something. <laughs> like at, first, at first I thought it was, like, to be, like, an organist at a church or something, because he's uh-huh. he's very... He's very against the abortion, so I yeah. assume that maybe he's, like, trying to work for a church, but... No, he's that's... just, um... I don't know, but apparently he's not that interested in it. Because he's ready to give it all up later, but... Yeah, so... uh, We get more into this later on, but it's pretty much like... She's young and doesn't want to have to deal with having a kid. Yeah. And... Maybe it's like one of those scenarios where he's maybe like... 28 and she's 22, so they're like kind of at different points in their life. Yeah, yeah. That's what makes sense. It's like, oh, I'm only 22 and I need to you know, graduate and live life a little bit. Uh And then he's at a point where he's like, oh, I want to be an adult and start a family and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, So they have that drama and then the police in this movie are of no help. No. When they go to the police station, it's um, Lieutenant Nash, I think, is like the worst cop. Yeah, v- very reminiscent of um, <laughs> what what's his name from the town of Dreaded Sundown? Yeah. Can't remember his name off the top of my head, but there's a very... Um, 
What's that? <laughs> the killer. Yeah, the guy we think the was the killer. killer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't remember his name, but the the cops are very reminiscent of that because there's like yeah, idiot cops and a couple cops that actually know what they're doing. And if you thought John Saxon was the Elm Street cop, he was the Black Christmas cop first. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be like if Donald Pleasance played a psychiatrist in a lesser known <laughs> a lesser known horror movie before he was in Halloween. Yeah. He's like a better version of his Elm Street character though. Because he's like actually trying to get things done, trying to help. Yeah, I wonder if they take place in the same universe. All, like they, need, all they needed was a line that was like, like, I, I dealt with this guy named Billy in California, so. <laughs> well, I'm going to say Black Christmas and Halloween take place in the same universe. Probably. Um, I haven't. Given, throw, throw them on. Have, yeah, I haven't uh, given the theory look see but i did i did see a theory circulating that halloween is actually a sequel to black christmas and i don't know if they just meant like a spiritual sequel to where they're like mm-hmm. similar tone i i don't think that michael myers and billy are the same person no cuz he went from very um vocal <laughs> to mute yeah, he 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 just switches up holidays. Like around <laughs> Halloween, Halloween he's quiet. Christmas, he just doesn't stop talking. Mm. There is that scene in Halloween where he he's on the phone. Yeah. But yeah, I don't I don't know what they meant with that theory. Um, kind of interesting, but so. <clears throat> This is where we get the uh, the second phone call, and uh, this time I think it's the first time Billy mentions Agnes. Mm-hmm. He says something like, "What did you do to Agnes?" So it's like, I think he's talking for his for his parents. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Yeah. That... Yeah, he's like. There's like different voices for each character he's playing. I think that one was mostly his mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but... I wish I, I wish I would have kind of paid more attention to the phone calls because when I was watching it on TV, it was like just a bunch of screaming. <laughs> mm-hmm. I've seen it enough times to where I kind of know what he's saying when I watch it. But I know this one, she hangs up really early before he really goes too far into the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, the I think they go to the police station. A couple of them do after this. Um, the cops want to know the phone number, and that's where uh, Argo Kidder's character tells the cops <laughs> that the phone number is Felicio20880. And for some reason, for some reason, <laughs> he falls for it, and uh, we we later realize that he doesn't really know um, <laughs> what that means. He just he just says that 
it's something dirty, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the laughing cop. <laughs> um, we get we get some scenes of oh yeah that that laughing cop scene goes on, <laughs> <laughs> goes on and on and on. And I feel like <laughs> I don't know for sure, but I feel like he wasn't um acting, and they were just filming anyways because it was good. <laughs> like maybe yeah, he really but... thought that was funny. That's what it seems like, because it's, it, it, it's like a two-minute scene of, of, John, of John Saxon and the other cop just laughing at this guy. Um, so we get some scenes of Jess telling uh, Claire's boyfriend, Chris, that Claire is missing. Yeah, this whole segment, like, with them bouncing back and forth, is probably the slowest part of the movie. Yeah, th- there's a scene of uh, what Phil's is it Phil's Phil's boyfriend playing Santa and like someone gives yeah. someone gives a little kid alcohol. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, Barb. Um, Peter, this is where he's auditioning for whatever he's auditioning for. <laughs> whatever he's doing with the piano, but <laughs> the look on the guy's faces. I just like this guy sucks. <laughs> yeah, the, the according to the IMDb plot synopsis, it says that he was so distraught over <laughs> the abortion situation that he ended up doing bad in his audition. Yeah. Well, <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. Um and it it feels like he was here the entire time. But uh, this is where we meet John Saxon's character. <laughs> mm. um, <laughs> is his name like Sergeant Flynn or something like that? Something like that. Um, and he's talking to a woman whose 13-year-old daughter went missing. Yeah. And um, yeah, so th- like we said earlier, there's just like a couple of these like passing comments of like, well, there's other crime going on in the area. I wonder if this guy is responsible. Yeah. Um, so Justin and uh, Chris go to the police station and um, try, like, I guess they oh, no, that, that's later on where uh, th- that cop isn't taking it as serious. Mm-hmm. I'm, thinking of a, I'm thinking of a totally different scene. But um, Barb is uh, drunk at dinner with Claire's dad, Mrs. Mac and Phil. Is quite the like the group for like for some reason these four are just having dinner. <laughs> yeah, random four. And Barb, Barb is really drunk, and I, I oh, the, the turtles. Yeah, Margot Kidder probably was not acting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace. <laughs> um, he did have some, uh, I don't, like some issues, I guess, back in the day. Yeah. She also played uh, Lois Lane in Superman, by the way. Mm. But um, that's why I say she probably wasn't acting. But um, <clears throat> yeah, so she goes on to say that, like, something about turtles being able to have sex for three days. Yeah. 
<laughs> then and then she goes on to say that she went to the zoo to to because she she witnessed these turtles having sex for three days. It's like I went to the zoo and I watched them. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, "Well, I didn't watch them the entire time." It's like okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. And then she yeah. suddenly jumps to her own defense <laughs> about people insinuating that Claire's missing because of her, because mm-hmm. she drove her away. So nobody ever said that. <laughs> nobody ever thought that, except for her. Yeah, it's like she some... She feels guilty about... It's like some, it. some guilt in the back of her head, like... I, like, I don't know, maybe they had some conflict off screen or something I think maybe she thought if I wouldn't have done all that with the phone call maybe she wouldn't have ran off yeah that's that's probably it and I'm, I'm just <laughs> I'm digging a little bit too much into these characters <laughs> <laughs> well we know they didn't they had issues and this wasn't the first time they disagreed on Barb's behavior yeah so you know who, who's to say? You write you. That, that's the fun of these movies. You just write your own backstory. <laughs> um. So we cut to Peter. He's like, and <laughs> being weird and just. He, I guess since he failed his audition, his solution is to just take his anger out by destroying the piano. Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't think that's going to help matters much at all. Mm-mm. If anything, you have to pay for that. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I do like how they, uh, like they kind of create the question in the viewer's mind, like maybe this is the guy that's doing it. Yeah. And he he has the motive, like with the um the abortion stuff. Um, and like on top of that, he's just very strange to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I really do like the um. So like the the red herring that hey Peter's probably this guy because he's awfully sus. Very sus. Yeah. So uh, we cut to uh, Don Saxon arranging a search party in the park. <laughs> yes, we're looking for um. What's her name? Janice. Yeah, the the 13-year-old girl. Yeah, so we're looking for Janice, and the whole house joins, except for Barb, who is sent to bed because she's drunk. Yeah, and I thought that uh, we were searching for Claire at first until they ended up finding this 13-year-old girl. I think they joined to see if maybe they'll find something about Claire, too, since she's the second yeah. one to go missing. Probably. But, but uh, then Mrs. I, Mack plans on leaving. Yeah. Um, she calls a um, taxi. Now, while she's getting ready, there's like meowing and cat noises coming from the attic. Mm-hmm. Now, was that Billy or was it Claude? I think both. Okay. Because I know it's uh, strange, but I think he did cat noises in one of the phone calls too. Okay, because 
because <clears throat> what what I do when I watch a lot of the movies for the podcast is I follow along with uh, the plot synopsis. Mm-hmm. So just so I like don't miss anything, even though I tend to still miss stuff. But um, <laughs> kind of just to keep it guided, I follow along with the plot synopsis on IMDb. And mm-hmm. th- there it said that Billy was making the noises. And if it wouldn't have said that, I would have just assumed, assumed it was the cat. I assumed it was both. Maybe he was meowing with the cat. <laughs> Weird. But I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Because he kind of kept the cat in the attic with him. Yeah, and I I don't think this cat was eating up there. So that's why I think he might have been cat meowing. But yeah, I do like the unanswered question because like not knowing that this guy is meowing up there is a lot creepier than actually seeing him meowing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I like the kind of uh, vagueness to it. I like how she should be leaving the house, but she's like, she insists on saying goodbye to the cat. And she's like, you can wait <laughs> all this stuff to the, <laughs> the taxi. <laughs> yeah. And I'm pretty sure they're not going to wait that long. <laughs> yeah. So while she's, uh, like she's, she's heading upstairs to, to that's where she thinks the cat is at. Cause that's where she's hearing the meowing. Um, when she opens the attic, uh, she sees Claire's body with the bag around her face. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is where we see it's probably the most iconic shot of Billy, probably the, like one of the only shots of Billy, actually, um, where you can only see his eye. Mm-hmm. But it's like and he has that hook. Yeah. Yeah. And. This is the, the picture that's on like a lot of the, the posters. Oh yeah, they showed that when he had the unicorn too. Okay. Um I remember because yeah. I had dreams of that. <laughs> <laughs> you had nightmares from Black Christmas? Yeah. Because my bedroom was an attic. <laughs> oh, I remember, yeah. I remember it was right above the bed. Mm-hmm. That is that is terrifying. Because um, I was literally everything was exactly the same when I woke up. It's just or <laughs> when I was sleeping, everything was exactly the same. He was just there. I was like, oh crap. <laughs> I I remember that bedroom. I remember that house. And the thing is, like, we never went in the attic at that house, so anything could have been up there. <laughs> Oh, this one was at the um, house where my bedroom was the attic, but I did have dreams about it there too. Oh, oh, okay. The one, yeah, and uh, okay, I get what you're saying now. But yeah, I think the um, that I watched the remake. I went to bed right after, and the attic door <laughs> was right above my bed. <laughs> I thought that's what you were talking about at that house. <laughs> Is it, that's like my house now, like. There's no floor in my attic. Mm-hmm. It's just like insulation and stuff. So I've only yeah. been like, I've never actually been in there. Like I've I've poked my head in there and everything and have yeah. seen it. And then I have an attic in the garage, which is like 
assuming it's the same thing where mm-hmm. it's just, it's, there's like no floor and it's just insulation up there. And I've never been up there, so anything could be up in the attic in the garage. Well, at least Billy can't be up there. I'm actually uh, concerned as to what could be up there because the amount of <laughs> the amount of beehives that have been randomly appearing and things are around my house is alarming. So, yeah, <laughs> I would hate to go in there. <laughs> now, if this was the remake, you have to worry about crawl spaces too. Yeah, and every crevice. To worry about thumbtacks in the wall. Someone could be <laughs> watching you. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Miss Smack is killed by a hook, yeah. and I don't know what that hook was doing up there. Well, she threatened to fix, get the cat fixed. Died <laughs> <laughs> right after. It's a strange contraption because it's like it just hooks her and then lifts her up, and this is the only time he uses it. Mm-hmm. Like he was just waiting for this perfect opportunity to like hook somebody and drill them into the attic. Yeah. But yeah, it, he must. Because I know he was looking through stuff. I think it's my. It's probably my favorite kill in the movie. Mm-hmm. Claire's is probably the most. I mean, the it, I, at least her dead body is iconic. But like, in terms of like I... the kill, this is probably my favorite. Yeah. Um. So yeah, she is deceased, and the taxi driver leaves after flipping off the house twice. Yeah, and I guess Billy was watching it through the window. Yeah, like right after he killed her and saw that he just like had this breakdown and flipped. Oh, okay. yeah. I I didn't. Didn't, I don't know if it had anything to do with the taxi driver cussing at him, <laughs> or I don't know. They didn't really. There's really no reason. He just flipped. Yeah, I I didn't really uh, make that connection between the two, but it could be like a, a childlike mind state where yeah, state of mind where just getting yelled at just makes him flip out or whatever yeah um so after that we cut to the uh the search party and uh they end up finding janice the 13 year old girl deceased yeah um i think i think jess decides to come home Mm -hmm. to the house and um and when she gets home, she immediately gets a phone call. And, um... Yeah, so we know he was still watching. Yeah, because <laughs> it's like he knows he knows that someone's home now. Um... And on this call, uh... He says something like, I know what you did to Billy. So, like, I'm not sure who he's talking to or who he's talking for. Mm-hmm. But he's saying that somebody did something to Billy. Which is different from the the last one of somebody doing something to Agnes. Yeah. So, uh, Jess ends up... Oh yeah, the, that's the one where he is like screaming, screaming. Yeah, so 
like like I said, I didn't make that connection that he might be flipping out because of taxi driver being angry at the house. Yeah. But um <clears throat> so Jess ends up calling the cops. Um while she's on the phone, um we see a man walking down the steps, which we're supposed to believe that it's Billy. It's actually Peter, so it's a jump scare. Mm-hmm. And I think I kinda I'd rather see Billy than, <laughs> than Peter. Yeah, it's um it's like another one of those like things where it creates the question where like you just saw Billy kill uh Mrs. Mac ups upstairs and then Peter mm-hmm. comes da- Peter comes downstairs. I think they showed him standing outside before that. Okay. It, it was it, at some point during or before think, that where he somebody was standing by the tree and it was him because he was waiting for Jess to come home. But apparently she took a while because searching the park for a body is not easy. <laughs> yeah, I, I do remember that. I thought it was after this, but you might be right. I think the cops are at the house, and then they leave, and then he shows up. Mm-hmm. Because he said it. something about he went upstairs to sleep for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because he got tired waiting for her. But he wanted to know what all the screaming was. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so we learned that uh, Sergeant Nash does not take this phone call seriously. And yeah. uh, John doesn't Saxon's, even piece it together. <laughs> John Saxon's character is the one who's like, "No, this is serious. You need to." Like, you think maybe we should look into it because it's coming from the same place. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and this is where we get the scene where the uh, Felicio phone number. <laughs> and like we said, they're going just going on about like, him not knowing that that Barb gave him this like. Obviously, fake phone number. Yeah. And they're cracking up at him, and then he's <laughs> like, "He's like, oh, I get it. It's something dirty, isn't it?" <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he, he was funny. Mm-hmm. He just said everything wrong in the movie, even at the end. Yeah. <laughs> um. So during all of this, um. Peter's still in the house with Jess, and he wants he to get up. married. Yeah, and he doesn't even ask. He's just like, I'm going to quit my job, and we're going to get married. And it's mm. like, shouldn't, shouldn't you... That's not how this works. <laughs> yeah, shouldn't you ask or something? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, he's like, we're going to raise this kid, and... um. We're going to get married and whatever. And she's uh, obviously not having it. Especially because he's like very demanding and mm-hmm. didn't even ask or anything. And what, is, what does he say about the abortion? It's like something about he's talking about the baby like it's having a wart removed. That's it. Having a wart removed. And uh, obviously, 
Billy's in the house, so he heard this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter gets, uh, you know, he gets very hostile, and he tells her that she's going to be very sorry. Yeah. So it's like, he's not really looking good for himself here. Not at all. <laughs> so, um, it, the police arrive at the house as Peter is leaving, and they tap their phone, and... Yeah, Barb, or Phil. Barb's asleep still. Mm. Phil came home from a search party and all that, too. Not search party, <laughs> but I don't think it's a party, but they were searching. Well, <laughs> search party? That's what they call it, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why they call it a, a party, but that's what they do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so... For some reason, they don't question that Mrs. Mack has had another phone line. I mean, they, they would have no reason to question it, but they should still, like, tap it just because mm-hmm. it's there. They don't. And I think, uh, Yeah, I guess only because the phone calls were coming to that one phone only, maybe. Yeah. And <clears throat> we should say, during the climax of this movie, there's a lot of, like, scenes of this guy just running around the room trying to trace the phone call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure how tracing phone calls works, but it seems like that is difficult. <laughs> yeah, because I, I would have no idea. It's something that like a, an actual person has to do, and not like it doesn't just tell you like the phone calls yeah. coming from here. It's like you have to. I guess everybody's phone line leads to this room. Mm-hmm. And then you have to figure out like where the call is being received, and then where the call is outgoing. It it's really I, I don't know. I, I'm assuming it, it it might make sense to people who lived in the time of phones like this, but I have mm-hmm. no idea. I would hate to have the trace a call. Yeah. So. Uh, Peter is watching the house for some reason. Like when the cops leave, they show Peter standing by the tree. He's still lurking and being weird. Yeah. And Phil has a breakdown. And she says that she just knows that Claire is dead. Mm-hmm. Um, which is also like, why would you, why would you say that? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so at this point of the movie, we're pretty much just waiting on a phone call. <laughs> mhm. Um we show or we see the killer uh playing with Claire's dead body and like rocking it in the chair. Mhm. Which is kind of creepy. Um the killer ends up uh coming down to Barb's room and there's a glass unicorn on her bed and which actually I think doesn't this make an appearance in the 2006 version? Both. Yeah. Oh, it's in the newest one? Yeah. So. Apparently in the remake, she got it for one of the characters as a present because she likes the Bible. But I'm not too sure if unicorns were in the Bible, but whatever. <laughs> I was going to say, it makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, 
So so Barbara's in bed. Uh, she starts having an asthma attack. Jess hears it, so Jess runs upstairs. Um, for some reason, I thought the unicorn was gone. This was like the most, um, the closest he'd ever been to being caught. Yeah. Because he didn't leave that room. Yeah, he's like hiding behind the door. Mm-hmm. Um, he, she's having an asthma attack, and she said it was triggered because she had a dream that a stranger was in the room or something. Mm-hmm. And, like, mm, if she, if, made some, she made some type of comment, I couldn't be so lucky to have a stranger in my room. If, if I'm Jess, I would be more alarmed of this situation than she is. Because, like, your friend is missing. They found a 13-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. And your friend said that she had a dream that a stranger was in the room. Like, I, I, w- I would probably take that more serious than... I'm just shrugging it off. Yeah, because... Like, there's... Like, it... I don't know. I, I would... I would take it into consideration that there might actually be someone in the room. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, hey, let's go downstairs. Because yeah. if this was going on, and we're waiting for... We're getting obscene phone calls, and we're waiting for it to be traced and all that. Even if they're not in the house, they know where you live. Yeah, and I have it in my notes, but like... I mean, I think, I, I think we might have passed it up, but I had it in my notes to where... Because Phil goes to bed, too. Like, yeah, why, she's sick. <laughs> like, why isn't everybody just camping out in the living room or something? Because I, I would not go to bed alone. Yeah. Like, why isn't there a police officer, like, sitting in the house with them instead of just chilling outside? Yeah. I feel like... Well, they might actually do that. <laughs> Sit outside. Yeah. Based on experience, but <laughs> <laughs> um, um, what, what? So I just had this thought. I'm not sure if it makes sense, but you know how later on we find out that the cop sitting outside was killed. Mm-hmm. Well, Peter is uh, one hanging, hanging around outside. We don't, yeah. see, we don't really see Billy leave the house. Yeah. So. So maybe it maybe my theory is true that uh Peter is actually helping Billy. Yeah, I don't see I don't see Billy leaving the house to kill a cop and then coming back. Yeah, I don't think he I don't know how smart he is because we don't really know. I mean he's smart enough to um not get caught. Yeah, I don't know how smart he is to like Cover all of his tracks. I mean, I know you can see everything through the window. Yeah, but yeah, then you know. don't know. You don't know when the cop died either. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. That's a. That's another interesting uh, like tidbit onto the theory. So yeah, that goes along the theory that he wasn't alone. So, uh, so, so Jess is upstairs with, uh, with Barb. 
and it's the, it's the Christmas carolers that had to lure her away. Yeah. <laughs> so during a time like this, uh, she decides to listen to these Christmas carolers on her front porch. And they have the nerve to be Christmas caroling at a time like this. <laughs> well, I don't think they well, know. Well, then again, they found out after, right after the song. Yeah, so so they perform. Jess watches. Meanwhile, Barb is upstairs getting unicorn horn in her face. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't um, know if every girl in his mind is Agnes. That's, he's, uh, like, he's like telling her it's alright Agnes and like don't tell them what we did yeah that's possible what mm, is that? I don't like, know what, what what him and Agnes did I was gonna say I don't know who Agnes <laughs> is I don't know what they did he said don't tell what we did Agnes and then yeah <laughs> stabs yeah. her a bunch of times with the unicorn yeah I don't know it's yeah, I I, I want to know so bad, and like I want a sequel, explain mm-hmm. some of this stuff. But I also like the idea of like, what the heck is he talking about? Yeah, because like in real life, that would be like all you would get is like little tidbits, and then you die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. <clears throat> After the Christmas carolers are done, um, they um, get informed that they found a dead body at the park. So Barb's blood is essentially on these Christmas carolers' hands. Yeah. They're responsible for her death. Um, <clears throat> after this, Jess's phone rings. Um, this is where the voices kind of really overlap. This is the um, what removed one, right? Yeah, and he he says the same thing that uh, Peter said earlier that it's just like having a wart removed. I don't and, know what he's talking about, but <laughs> and John Saxon can hear the phone call. He, yeah, he, I think I think Jess says like "Oh my god" or something like that when yeah when Billy says this, and he kind of picks up that you, know, you reacted to that. What does that mean? I don't remember which if it was the last one call or like the second to last one. But when he was doing his the dad's voice, he said something about drop the knife. Yeah. And then you left Billy alone with Agnes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. And then yeah, he's doing Agnes's voice where he's saying no Billy and crying. I think that might have been the last one because the last one was the longest one. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Um, There's like an interesting story that you don't like want to know what happened, but we don't. <laughs> yeah. Fully now. It's like little little tidbits of like this crazy experience of whatever happened to them. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess he woke up Phil. Well, I guess Phil came downstairs anyways, because they're starting to think Peter did it. Yeah. But then she's and, like, oh, I don't think Peter could do something like that. Yeah. And then, but she's also the other one that was saying that there's all this noise in the house and she can't sleep. Mm-hmm. 
then they get another phone call, and it's uh, this time it's Peter, and he's like begging Jess, like we. He says we can't kill the baby, and like for some reason, she she doesn't expect John Saxon to be listening into this phone call, even though you know they're not. Like they're just listening. It's not like they're They're not gonna pick and choose. Yeah, they're like, Oh, this is a personal one. We'll hang up on this one. <laughs> Even if her mom called or something, they would listen to the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. So John Saxon calls and is like, This Peter guy is suspicious and Jess is like like this is where she says that Peter was there for the first phone call. But um she didn't know yet so, that the calls were coming from inside. Yeah. So Phil is in the kitchen doing something and <laughs> these these idiots at the search party <laughs> decide to jump at the window to to scare <laughs> to, to scare Phil during a time like this. <laughs> and they end up knocking on the door and they're like Kind of assuring, like reassuring them that everything's going to be okay and they're going to, they're looking for this guy and whatever. They're they're pretty much just like bumbling idiots. Yeah. But, and Phil's like, we like, she said something about she would like to chat, but their dog died last night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then when they end up shutting the door on them, they say, like she says that she would rather deal with the killer than deal with those two. Yeah. <laughs> um well. Yeah, so uh Phil ends up going back upstairs. Oh yeah, cuz they realized that <clears throat> the only door that was locked was the back door. Yeah. But every window in the house is unlocked. Yeah, you would think they would have kind of, you know. That would have been like first priority to make sure everything's locked. Yeah. But um I never unlock <laughs> a lot of things. <laughs> I leave the windows locked all the time. Yeah. Um Yeah, so she goes upstairs to shut the uh like the house and everything and lock the windows. And when she goes into Barb's room, uh someone just shuts the door. Um I'm did he say something? No. Well, she was alert over there because the door slammed shut. So oh, I think okay. she thought Barb was awake. Okay. I I, I totally forgot how Phil gets it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she goes there, in there, and then he shuts the door on them. And that's it. It's just like an off-screen death. Yeah. And um Which I usually hate, but it's fine <laughs> this time. It it works um, in this it works in this movie just because of how like ambiguous the whole movie is. Yeah, there's a difference between off screen death when you're not showing it or you're not showing a lot, and then off screen deaths when the budget doesn't allow it. Yeah. It's like those those slow slow burn horror movies that have become very popular nowadays. Not everyone can do it. Yeah. Looking at you, Antlers. Ugh. 
<laughs> so, uh, Billy ends up calling the house once again. This is the final time, I think. Mm-hmm. This is where we get the, the long scene of this guy really, really tracing that phone call. Really, really the hero of the story, I think. Yeah. Um. So he's tracing the phone call, and he's like, phone calls are coming from that house. John Saxon is like, no, no, <laughs> like, no, you idiot. That's where they're going to. And he's like, no, they're coming from there, too. That's like the worst. <laughs> the worst realization. Yeah. Um, I would just be like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm curious of like the reaction back then because that had to have been like such a foreign concept back then. Mm-hmm. Like now you can call somebody from like the same room just because cell phones are a thing now. Yeah. Now I know. I can't remember the other one movie that's like that. When a stranger calls. Yeah. I don't remember if there was a plot twist in that or if we we're supposed to know the whole time. Um, I think it opens with that, and that's it's a plot twist in like the first fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like the opening of Scream, where there's like this big like thing at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, that's see, I'm not a big fan of that movie, but I like that opening. Like it works as a nice short film. I haven't seen it in so long. I I'd I'd like to rewatch it. Maybe even the sequel. When a stranger calls back. <laughs> <laughs> or the remake. When a stranger calls again. <laughs> when a stranger calls finally. <laughs> That's like um When a Stranger Calls for the last time. <laughs> it's like those uh movies sometimes they come back mm-hmm. and the second one sometimes they come back again <laughs> I'll always know what you did last summer <laughs> yeah so uh, we, we get a scene of the police officer on watch who uh, was killed outside yeah um, <clears throat> so uh, John Saxon gives uh, Sergeant Nash the instructions. He's like, tell Jess. It sucks that he had to give him the instructions. Yeah, because it's like, just put everything down, just walk out the front door. <laughs> so, he, he says something like, if you mess this up, I'll kill you, or something like that. Yeah. And it's like... It almost, it almost isn't even his fault. No. Because regardless, she was going to go upstairs. Yeah. But he has instructions. He followed the instructions at first, telling her, just hang up the phone and get out of the house. If the police told me to do that, <laughs> and the way he was instructing it, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to follow the rules. I probably would have said, but I'll go get whoever I'm with. But then once they say, the calls are coming from in-house, I'd probably leave <laughs> instantly. Yeah. Or I would just, I'd probably yell the way she did, like she yelled for them. Yeah, I think if someone was in the house, I'd be like, yeah, I'm, 
not I'm not just gonna leave them upstairs. I'm gonna go get them and then we're all gonna leave. Yeah. But yeah, he he's I'd pretty much yell for them, but I don't know if I'd go up there. <laughs> he he's pretty much forced to uh to tell her that the calls are coming from in the house. Yeah. Because if she didn't, if he didn't tell her, she would have just walked up and just walked right in the room. And and that scene is actually like terrifying because because Jess kind of like puts the phone down, mm-hmm. and then and then we just hear uh, Sergeant Nash like begging her to just leave the house. Yeah, because it, it's like he knows. He may not necessarily know, but it it's like telling the audience like what kind of danger she's in. Yeah. And obviously she's not listening. She's like, my two friends are upstairs, so I have to get them first. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I get both sides. Leaving instantly and then going to save. Or going to get the people upstairs. <clears throat> yeah. So in, instead of doing this like um Every time something happens, I'm just going to tell you right now that I'm going to draw all the comparisons to Halloween right now instead of going one by one. So, <clears throat> so Jess grabs a fire poker and goes upstairs, much mm-hmm. like much like Lori uh, stabbing Michael with the, uh, the needle and then taking the knife upstairs. Mm-hmm. But similar to that, <clears throat> she finds the two bodies... I think Laurie finds more than two at the in the climax oh, yes. of Halloween. But yeah. she goes upstairs, finds the bodies, and then is greeted with by the killer. And then a chase scene begins. So and he's still whispering to Agnes. And <laughs> we see his eye. <clears throat> yeah, so I just wanted to instead of saying like, oh, much like Halloween, they did this. I just wanted to no, I wanted, to, I wanted to point out how influential this, uh, at, at least the chase scene. I know the entire movie is, but the chase scene yeah. is very influential on Halloween. Now, unlike most of the other slasher movies, Billy doesn't just walk because mm. he's very fast <laughs> and he screams. Yeah, he was screaming. <clears throat> he he ran down the stairs so fast. Mm-hmm. It's like he dove down. Um, if that was me, I would have been caught because he <laughs> he's a very fast runner. <laughs> yeah. Um. He he chases her throughout the house, like you said. Um. She that whole sequence it, is terrifying. The way he's running down the stairs real fast. Yeah. And his screaming. Mm-hmm. He um, I think he like grabs a hold of her hair at one point, and she gets away. Yeah. Yeah. Even though it's just like in the house, it's just going from upstairs to the basement, it's still like scary. It's so bad. She didn't even, and he's so fast. She didn't even have enough time to go to the back door and unlock it. Yeah. Because he would have got her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so he, like, she locks herself in the basement and you just hear him screaming. And, like that's pretty much the end of what happens with Billy. It, it's it's like bizarre. 
Yeah, um, it's almost like he didn't really have any more time because he heard Peter coming in the house. So he's like, oh, I got to go hide again because they're going to find me. Yeah, and it's like he doesn't really... He doesn't really have targets or anything. Yeah. Like, it's just like, oh, who's here? Let me do this. Um, So just like if you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, it's like he can get you. Um, Now, Peter was actually his saving grace, though. Yeah. Yeah, so Peter's still awfully sus. Uh, He arrives at the house. As oh yeah, as... at the beginning, why would you break into the basement? Mm-hmm. So, uh, like they're still creating the the question of if it's Peter or like is Peter involved? Because once Billy like goes away, because you he stops screaming and you like hear the footsteps walk away, and then here comes Peter. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it's just strange because you don't know if like you don't know if Peter's helping or if he even if he he could still very well be Billy, I think. I don't think he is. I think the possibility is still there. Mm hmm. If that makes sense. Um, It's like there's no concrete answer that he isn't. Yeah, no, actually, there isn't. The, yeah, so well, I guess his fate. <laughs> yeah, his, his fate kind of reveals that. So, so the cops get to the house. Um, Peter ends like like we said. Peter breaks into the basement. Uh, the cops get to the house and they hear Jess screaming from inside the house. Um, the cops end up getting in and getting into the basement. By the time they get down there, um. Yeah, uh, we see Jess, who appears to be dead at first and holding Peter. Yeah, we find out that she actually ended up killing Peter with the the fire poker. Mm-hmm. And and that's pretty much it with Billy. Like he doesn't come back until like ever, but the very end, I guess. Um. Yeah. So th- they say that. Jess is uh, sedated and put to sleep. And what we're told is just from the point of view of like John Saxon, <laughs> of him telling us what, what, what happened. It's yeah. Well, no, it's not correct. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, is, is the, is the, is the press there? Is that what all that commotion is? Yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure if that was the press or what that was. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some reason, Claire's dad is sitting <laughs> at the bedside, <laughs> and it's really weird. But I wonder whole... if they all are like paying attention as things develop, and they're like, "Oh, we got another phone call. Oh, we have more information about this house again." So then he showed up, or he's with the cops the whole time. So he goes wherever they go. Yeah, I don't know. They didn't really. He just like happens to know that this went down at the house. <laughs> yeah, so I'm assuming some time has passed, like a little bit. 
Yeah, like probably they, they had enough time to sedate Jess, so maybe like mm, a couple hours hour. go by. I don't know if this was the time, but I don't know who sedates people at home since they have been taken to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so for some reason, Clara's dad is sitting at Jess's bedside. And I don't even know. I don't even think they would let him in the house, considering it's a crime scene. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. <laughs> you think, like, the, the press is even allowed in the house. <laughs> yeah. Unless this is just a different time, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know because it's a it's a killer that's still like not caught. Yeah, unless, unless they think Peter did it, I don't know, but that's what I'm thinking because they didn't check um the attic yet. Still, mm-hmm. yeah. So Claire's dad ends up fainting, and he's like rushed to the hospital and literally everybody in the house decides to take him to the hospital. <laughs> like no one waits. No one waits for Jess. Who's just sedated in this house. Well, like there was a cop outside on the porch. Yeah. Um, yeah, they do mention a guard is outside, but. Um, yeah. So the camera starts uh, panning through like these empty rooms. And. Um, I think it does it it does it go up into the attic or it shows the attic or something? Yeah. So I think we're and, supposed to think that it was Peter at this point until you hear the voice. Mm-hmm. And the phone starts ringing. Yeah. And they so show the me Billy. So he's still up there. Yeah, they show um, they show the two uh, dead bodies, Mrs. Jack uh, and uh, Claire, what? and uh, we see um, and it, when it pans out of the of the house, because you could see Claire's face in the window, and then it it pans out into the street and of the house, and then the phone starts ringing again. And that's the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel like it, it's probably one of my favorite horror movie endings, I think. Yeah. Um, no, do you think he killed Jess? Um, he, yeah, I think so. Um, Probably. The thing that kind of confirms it is he only makes phone calls every time he kills somebody. Oh, okay. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, Yeah, that's the only thing that kind of confirms that he killed her, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah, I agree with that theory that he killed Jess. But then I'm gonna assume... Well, I don't know if he ever got caught or what, or if he just left after that. Um. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to come up with a like a theory as to what happened after this because you don't know his motives, so you don't mm-hmm. know if you don't know if he's just attached to this house or if he just happened to like stumble upon this one and mm-hmm. decide to mess with them. 
Um, yeah, so it, it's hard to come up with like an actual idea as to what happened after this. Yeah. Um, that is going to play into uh, a recommendation, though, when we get there. Mm. But, um, yeah. Um, is this like, so we're talking like out of any genre, like just movies in general, where would you put this on like your favorite Christmas films? Oh, it still might be my favorite one. It kind of agree. It's hard to like compare it to like, Christmas vacation or something like that. Yeah. Just because they're so like <laughs> like Christmas vacation, I could probably watch like just bits and pieces like throughout the month of December. <sighs> like but like Black Christmas I actually have <laughs> I actually have to like sit down and like pay attention to it, you know. Yeah. But uh Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it would definitely be in my top three. I think it would be my favorite. I'm having a hard time thinking of a Christmas movie that I enjoy. Or, I mean, there's a few, like... Ironically enough, I think A Christmas Story would be one of my favorites, too. I've still never seen it, and I want to. It's like the <laughs> complete opposite. <laughs> I have... It's like lighthearted. <laughs> Yeah, I'm curious as to what else uh, he directed because I don't know how you could even go from this to that. But I know he approved of the remake. Yeah. It's weird how he, like... I think we said that in the remake episode. Yeah. It's weird how people, like, hate the remake because it gave that origin story and everything. But it's like, Bob Clark came out and said, "Like that's the origin story that that I that I would probably would have done too." Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> looking at his other movies, uh, Baby Geniuses and, uh, <laughs> and Baby Geniuses Two, which is uh, <laughs> I'm looking at it too. It has a 1.9 out of 10 on IMDb. Hmm. So, he has a lot of stinkers in his in his filmography, but then he has, like, he's good at making Christmas movies. <laughs> yeah, he should have should have done more. Stay, stayed in his lane and just did Christmas movies. Um, I've heard of Porky's, but I haven't seen it. Apparently, that's a good movie. So... A lot of hit and miss. Mm-hmm. Children shouldn't play with dead things. All right. So, would you like to <laughs> uh, jump into recommendations? Yeah. Uh, where is it? It's time to recommend some things you and me were recommending. Right. Would you like to recommend? 
Sean's essence is still here with us. <laughs> a year <laughs> later. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to recommend the, and came out this year. It's on AMC plus. It's called silent night. Ooh, okay. And I was actually, it's funny because I was sitting here watching this movie. I'm like, what the heck is going on? Nothing's happening. It's just these rich people <laughs> at this Christmas dinner and they're talking about like conspiracy theories and stuff. But it's about a couple that invites their friends to join, join them for Christmas dinner. But there's something going on outside like like the end of the world so they are all planning on killing themselves by the end of the night oh okay yeah, I didn't even the know the world's those. gonna end and it'll be painful so they <laughs> wanted to just go out their own way yeah I didn't even know that that was uh was the plot of the movie no i was actually if you watch it you could let me know but i was so mad at the ending yeah i, I might watch it this year so don't spoil the ending yeah, it's yet, really but... it's really good i like the movie it's like the first half's kind of slow because they're introducing to everybody introducing you to everybody but once it picks up and you know what it's really about I think the second half's really strong. Okay. Yeah, I want to uh I want to check it out. So, it's on Peacock, right? I think AMC Plus. Oh, okay. And Shutter. No, I'm thinking of Death Death December that's on Peacock. Oh jeez. <laughs> that two and a half hour anthology film. I only made it to like day 6 or something. <laughs> so it's like an advent calendar, so it's 25 stories. I'm not even going to start that. <laughs> um, so I'm going to recommend it's it's staying on topic. Um, the the fan film called um, "It's Me, Billy" by YouTuber Dave McRae, who I've I've been watching him yeah, for. I forgot all about that. Yeah, I've been watching him for um few a few years, probably since 2017. He he's a big Halloween fan. Like he loves the original Halloween and like kind of hates every other Halloween film. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he only he only really loves the first movie, which is a I guess that's a, a mindset that I can support. Yeah, like he thinks that that movie just stands on its own as like this flawless masterpiece. But um, him and his friend made a movie. A short fan film. It's like forty minutes or so. Called "It's Me, Billy," and it takes place in present day, like years after the original Black Christmas. Mm. And it involves uh, Jess's granddaughter. Um, which it, it's really it's really cool because girl who plays Jess's granddaughter looks almost identical to Jess. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'm gonna... I'm gonna see if you could... Because we're doing a, a video call right now, so I'm gonna see if you could... <laughs> um, if you could see it real quick. I know this makes for a riveting podcast. 
There <laughs> it is. I don't know if you could see that. I only see. Oh yeah. Yeah. He. She. She like looks a lot like her. Yeah, and I guess he like picked her on X. Like, I mean, obviously, <laughs> look, like he went off her acting ability before he went by her looks. Mm-hmm. And she just happened to look like Jess. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. It's a crowdfunded movie. And um, it's free on YouTube. So I recommend checking it out. Um, <clears throat> I've only seen it once, so I don't really remember too much about it. Actually, mm-hmm. a, a couple hours ago, it says he did a live uh, watch with uh, the cast of the movie. So. Mm. So there's different ways to watch it. You can watch it with the cast, or you can watch it by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to recommend the 2019 one? Uh, no. <clears throat> not quite. It's, <laughs> it's so bad, they renamed the cat Claudette, so it would be a female cat. Oh my god, I forgot all about that. <laughs> <sighs> now... Like, I'm all for, like, female empowerment and everything. Yeah. But that movie just, like, missed... Every single mark. Yeah, like... They had... They have, like, a a good... I mean, I don't even know what I'm trying to get... Like... (laughs) Their intentions were good. It's very hard to defend it. Yeah, their intentions were good. And I understand, like, female empowerment and everything. But Mm -hmm. there are different ways to to do... There are different and better ways to do that. Like, even... They didn't even have to make it a Black Christmas remake. No. They just did that to get people into the movie theater. Yeah. It has nothing to do with Billy. It's just, like... Men suck. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's essentially essentially the movie. <laughs> yeah. You could do female empowerment movies. Like look at um like the end of the uh, twenty eighteen Halloween. Like Yeah. It's just mm-hmm. it's three strong female characters. I mean I don't know if you want to call Judy Greer's character strong in that movie, but Ish. <laughs> there's at least two two strong female characters. <laughs> and 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 Judy Greer. Um, <laughs> so I mean, there, there are ways to do it, and that movie is not it. But yeah, so we're probably gonna break our tradition of covering Black Christmas every year. So maybe next year we'll just do the remake again, <laughs> <laughs> or or if uh, maybe we'll be surprised next year, and there'll be a. An official Black Christmas movie coming out next year. We'll just do the fan film. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I think that's all I have. Um, that wraps up the uh, the Christmas season. From uh... <laughs> I was trying to. I need a jingle bell. A jingle bell to ring. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, so this episode will probably be out on Christmas Eve, I think, is what we're doing. So 
you follow us on Instagram, we are at uh, Santa Mira After Dark. Uh, we posted the schedule of future releases. So <clears throat> we'll be back in two days from mm-hmm. the release date of this episode. Where we will be ranking uh, every single Spider Man movie, uh, not including Venom, because I did not see newest Venom. And I'd um, just have those at the bottom anyways. But <laughs> probably. Um, yeah, because we did see uh, Spider Man uh, No Way Home last week, so we will be uh <sighs> probably could do an episode on that, but I would rather I, I, I think I want to rewatch it before Yeah. Before we do that. So we'll do that when Blu ray and digital releases happen. Yeah. And it's kind of fitting to uh, talk about the other Spider-Man movies. You know? Always. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so you can follow us on the the social medias. We are uh, Santa Mira AD Pod on Twitter. We are Santa Mira After Dark on Instagram. Through there, you could find our personal Instagrams and Twitter and not... And all that jazz. I will be back in two days to talk about Spider-Man. And uh, probably after that, we'll do a, a like a best of the year list is what I think we talked about doing. Mm-hmm. And we, maybe... I, might not, I might not do a top five. I might just mention a bunch of stuff. <laughs> That's probably what I'll do. Like maybe like 15 or so and talk about some good things about I think my top five. I think we literally did an episode on most or all of them. Probably. Um, yeah, I'm not sure off the top of my head. Like, I check that we, real quick. We did the Green Knight. We did the Suicide Squad. Yeah, we did four out of five of them that are in my top. We did Last Night in Soho. We did, we did Justice League. We did Halloween Kills. We still We've yet to do Dune and Cruella. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> yeah. There's well, Dune. Yeah. There's Dune. There's Pig. Uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Tick, Tick, Boom. <laughs> there's there's some that we'll get to. Um, yeah. yeah. So uh, if you don't have anything else, we'll have a uh, Soldier oh, Boy. I do, ha- I do have something else. Curfew is now in session. (laughs)